to the Rookie Contract Podcast. It's your girl, Kate Norum here. And this week's guest, we have Regina Ham, And I'm so excited for this one. Regina, take it away and you can just introduce yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a while. I think the, the good phrase is fan of the show. First time, first time caller, fan of the show. Uh, I have worked for six years in a variety of sports media. I got my career started uh, working at SiriusXM on the College Sports Nation, no ESPNU channel. Love college sports. I'm a Maryland fan. Take the pity as you will <laughs> when regards to college sports. And then spent the past four years uh, transitioning to television where I worked in international sports covering everything from soccer to hockey to rugby to tennis to surfing. So you name it, I have probably had a hand on it, including during the pandemic Korean baseball, which if you're not watching, you're missing out. It is a good time. Oh my gosh. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Just <laughs> so before we like dive into like all this like amazing like all these amazing things that you've done like so far. Um first off I just want to say how are you feeling so far like right now in this moment? You know, it's it's really funny. I um was laid off from my job about almost about a month ago. And while really sad that I lost, you know, lost working some really great coworkers of mine, um, it also put in perspective, like what I really wanted out of my career. Like I, I love working in television and I always, I love being in front of the camera. Um, I will not be one of those people who's ashamed to admit it. I, I was the girl at the discovery zone, nineties throwback who loved doing the acting room. That was me. Um, and getting talk sports every day you know, uh, during the pandemic when we were on a rotation and then still producing for our main anchor was really great. And I loved it. Uh, and now, you know, being three weeks where I'm trying to really get an idea of like what I want to do with my career and where I want to go realizing so exciting. I, it's exciting. Um, but it's like I scary. Would, it's scary because you don't know the next step. You don't right. know where you're going to end up, which to me is exciting. Um, maybe it's cause I'm an only child and I'm just like, you know what, we're just going, we're going to, you said uh, adventure think, is right there. We're adventure is there. We're, exactly. I, I have my fuzzy companion who will be trekked <laughs> wherever the hell I end up. But, you know, yeah, I'm. It, it's a little bit scary, but also really exciting to just kind of see where my career is going to go, especially when you're heading into being 30. You know, I turned 30 in a couple months. Most people are like, oh, you have to have your life together. You have to, I don't know, something. Right. Well, you have to, you know have all your ducks lined up. And I, I think you, you should, but also like everybody's timeline is so different. Preach like it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to compare myself to like other like women in sports or people in sports or people in journalism. Our timelines are all different. So yeah, oh, I'm, girl, I'm excited. Yes. I'm, I'm excited to hang out with you. We're, we're going to get down to some fun conversation. Yes. So yeah, it's, I'm oh because I'm ready. You see, absolutely. <laughs> I'm already like so hyped. Like this is already off to a good start. Um, Yes. So I'm, I'm so pumped. So starting back from when you were like a little girl growing up in Philly, right? I grew up in central Jersey. Okay. Uh, I knew you're like, you're you're big around there. (laughs) Yeah. My, uh, I actually have on a trust the process shirt today for my Sixers. Um, I knew you were loyal. Yep. uh, (laughs) Loyal to a fault. Let's be honest about that. 
<laughs> I used trust the process in a conversation like last week and some dude came after me. It was like, oh my God, I didn't know you were a Philly fan. I was like, whoa, I thought it was a phrase. It is. So my, well, so it's definitely a Sixers thing. Yeah, it's my like Sixers. Oh yeah. But my best friend, Eric, I went to school together. Uh, he's a Mets fan, unfortunately, but he, you know, after past year of, you know, kind of coming out of pandemic and everything Mm -hmm. and, uh, dipping my pool back into the dating game and everything else that I've been through, he Mm -hmm. figured trust the process is a great shirt. He's like, you know what? In your career, trust the process. In your dating life, trust the process. Absolutely. Like you can use that for honestly anything. It's so so, like versatile. He did. He found the shirt. Now I own it. It's really just. And it has so many different meanings, which is like even better. (laughs) It is. It really is. But uh, yeah, like you were saying, growing up in Central Jersey, uh, my family in South Philly, uh, I got into sports when I, I'd say my first baseball game was at eight. And that's really? a really, yes, my did grandfather. Did you, like, grow up playing sports? You know. Or where did the love up, come from? So I grew up playing no sports. Uh, well, not team sports. I oh, figure skated yes. in gymnastics uh, oh. when I was a kid. And then I did club gymnastics in college for two and a half years. Uh, yeah. So I did more of the solo sports. Um, okay, we see you. All right. <laughs> I but my grandfather, my, my mother's father got me into baseball, took me to first minor league baseball game. And that was kind of it. Like he was a big Phillies fan, like Eagles Phillies didn't miss a game. Used to have season tickets. Um, wasn't a huge hockey fan till later in his life, mm-hmm. but really like solidified my love of sports. And like I would spend summers with my grandparents in South Jersey mm. and we would go into baseball games. We would, you know, gosh, I was at the Camden River Sharks. I don't think they exist anymore. They, mm. I was at games almost every weekend when I was a kid in the summer. My, my dad, who isn't the biggest sports fan, still mm-hmm. took me to like minor league baseball. So like we really, baseball is, I know not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> People you're, go, you're already baseball. like throwing that like out. You're like, yes, I know baseball <laughs> is just not the popular sport. But it's I wait, not, I thought it was like America's pastime. Um, <laughs> it, it was until Rob Manfred decided oh, to yes, I ruin knew it. it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no tea, no shade, no lemonade. Like, it is a hundred. Wait, I love that phrase. All the tea, all the shade. I, I will. And all the I'll lemonade. All of the lemonade or iced tea, whichever you prefer. I am not. The biggest Rob Manfred fan, but we can always circle back to to the hot mess <laughs> that that is. But that was my first love was baseball. It's a beautiful that. game. I used to manage football and baseball in high school, so mm-hmm. I actually learned how to score baseball, which is really really fun. Uh, but I loved. I've I've always loved sports. We've also the women in my family have all been big sports fans, which is fabulous. We, we love a woman who loves sports. It's and like a woman in STEM. We love a woman in sports. We do. We do. And that was kind of that. I've Amazing. always loved it. My, I've always, <laughs> I've always had the, um, the, we'll say penchant for, for being center of attention. Take that as you will. But girl, me, that is so relatable. Right. Like, yeah, it, I feel like we're not supposed to say that. Like, you know, we don't enjoy being center of attention. Like when you're a journalist, you know, story should never be about you. When you're like growing up. I think we're like taught to like not be like outspoken or whatever. Um, 
And then we get to college is. and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, what do I do with all this energy? And what do I, how do I use it? And to a degree, like, go, like I, I, I went through all high school. I was like, I'm going to go to Maryland. I'm going to go to be a journalism major. Um, and I did, I got in and I yeah. went and I loved it. How did it. you decide on Maryland? Was that just so, like where you want to you know, go? You just knew. I wanted to go to journalism school. Okay. That that was the base level. Mm. Wanted to do sports journalism, also the base level. Yeah. So for me, I come from a smaller town in New Jersey, um, mm. a, and nowhere in New Jersey really had the program I was looking for. So I ended up going on like the accredited journalism school list. I think there's a list somewhere because there's an actual accreditation. Right. And it was like, okay, uh, University of Miami sounds fun. Uh, University of Southern California sounds really fun. Mayor, um, I'd gone to a journalism camp when I was 16. So having a party, I, I went to journalism camp. Right. So you University. already have like somewhat. Oh yeah. A baseline. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I went to American University for journalism camp. I loved American. Um, and then found out Maryland had one, Syracuse, you know, the big hmm. journalism schools, like when you think right. journalism, uh, minus Mizzou and Northwestern, I think they just like escaped my radar somehow. Uh, <laughs> And West Virginia, I, I had applied to everywhere. Mm. Uh, I think I got in almost everywhere, minus Miami. They're like, you can come in the spring. And I was like, eh, no thanks. Uh, USC was like, you could also come in the spring. I was like, eh, no thanks. Uh, <laughs> and it came down to West Virginia and Maryland. Whoa, what a tough um, decision. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, coming from New Jersey, yeah. I toured, I toured all of the schools minus Miami and California. I toured almost every other school I wanted to go to. Yeah. But there was something about Maryland. Oh. Um, I wanted big football. Okay. I should have thought on the note aside, I should have thought big football. Maybe Maryland was not the school I should have thought of first, but I did. Um, having spent four years and now as an alumni, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. it's, it's, it's a, it's a roller coaster. You know what? We loyal out here. Okay. We, I we very it. loyal. We very loyal. You uh, never know. They could one of these days become really good. I have high hopes. I, I mean, competing in the big 10, it's tough with it's Michigan, really t- Ohio yeah, state, tough. Wisconsin. Um, but I like Mike Loxley. I think he's a great head coach. He's a great recruiter. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see where he can go. Yeah. Uh, but it came to Maryland, West Virginia. Um, honestly, a lot of it came down to, to Maryland's program at the time. I'm not sure if it still is as a limited enrollment program. So mm-hmm. if you got accepted as a freshman right into the journal school, not yet to go through like your letters and sciences, we oh, call them, which is really, like, you're not a mate. You haven't done a major yet. Um, yeah. To get in as a freshman is a really big deal. Uh, West Virginia, I got to the school of communications. Um, got a decent amount of scholarship, but I just, there was something about Maryland. I couldn't shake it. So you're like, uh, this is where I'm meant to be. That sort of thing. Okay. It's like one of those rom-com movies where you're like, this is my man. Right. Like you just lock eyes and you're like, right. You're like, this is it. This is my moment. Right. And you know, I, I went to the tour and everything and Mm -hmm. walked around. My mom was like, go off on your own. Just walk around. Let me know what you think about campus, which Maryland is hilly. I know a lot. If you've been to Maryland's campus, you understand the hill walking up to the student union yeah. is a headache. Mm. Uh, but I was walking around and my mom was like, you looked at home. Like, this is where you want to spend the next four years. And that kind of was it. So oh my gosh, I love uh, that. I, I think journalism school is so fun at Maryland. It's very, so like my high school is very small. So journalism school, you know, everybody, 
Right. We tend to build a lot of really good friendships. Um, yeah. I'm close with a couple of kids I went to grad, I went to school with my best friend Eric. That's mm-hmm. how we met, um, at journalism school and my friend Ben, you know, a lot of like my good friend right. in journalism school. So it was a great decision and I'm, I'm glad I made it. <laughs> that's, that's great. It seems like you made like the best out of like being, being there away from, away from Jersey going away and which is fine. Yes. I feel like everyone needs to kind of like get out of their comfort zone a little bit and experience a new world. So how was that like kind of getting out of there and now you're in DC. So how were, how were the different worlds kind of like shaped you in a way? So journalism school is really interesting. Um, I spent the first two years, uh, you, so when you're in a limited, when you decide to go in as a freshman, you are starting journalism classes right off the bat. So that's crazy. So you're not doing like your gen, gen ed courses. You are, but in like along with it. Yep. So I, yeah. So in addition to taking, um, Spanish classes that I took as you take a language or math. And I was like, no, thank you with the math. Uh, I feel you. Yes. Math is like, not for you me know, as us, you know, media ladies and media <laughs> people, we do not math well. We were we well. No. So I, um, the first two years, it was, it was a little bit, bit of an adjustment. I, I love being in Maryland and all that college life has to offer, interpret as you will. Um, and I worked during the summer, so I didn't really understand the value of internships as much as I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, I did during the school year, but like during the summer, I worked, uh, until my third year, my junior year, mm-hmm. I applied for, I was like, I really want to be in sports television. I'm going to apply for all these sports television internships. Um, I'd interned at WTOP the spring or fall before loved it. Really great experience working radio. I think it actually did two semesters there. My memory is fuzzy. I'm like a goldfish sometimes, but you know, Ted Lasso reference. Ted Lasso. Oh. Ted Lasso. See, I, I, I actually been watching it. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's really good. That is. Oh, ah. it's fabulous. You're going to love, you might hate Rebecca now, but eventually she's just fab. You, you grow to uh, love her. Is that right? You do. And then the second season, oh my God, even better. Um, love it. but I, I was like, I really want to be in television. I'm going to, I applied everywhere. Like a lot of people apply for internships where they live because mm-hmm. you know, you'll live it. You don't normally get paid. Um, right. I got accepted down at an internship in Alabama and Huntsville. Yeah, mm. I had just turned 21. I, they were like, we can't pay you, but we'd love to have you. I went to my mom, we're going to go to Alabama. And she was like, all right. And we went and it was a great experience. That's amazing. I, Mark and Audra were uh, best. And as you and I both know, at, this is, we're putting about ourselves about 2013. Women, there were women in sports, but I think not to the numbers we have today. Right. So having one of the anchors that you're interning for be a woman, like I got all of the nitty gritty, not just like the happy, pleasant things, like everything right. A to Z and plus some. And that was really great. I think it's a lot of things nobody wants to talk about right. going into journalism. You know, like we all know the pay is, is not what it should be for being journalist, sports or news or whoever in general. True. But I, I learned a lot. I got to cover minor league baseball. The Huntsville Stars were there. At the time, that was really fun. They were uh, Milwaukee Brewers affiliate. Mm-hmm. I got to go to SEC Media Days, which, oh, my goodness, for a Whoa. 21-year-old Huge. intern to just be, like, in Alabama covering that, considering Alabama and Auburn are, like, uh, 
from this girl who covered, you know, it's uh, like ACC. their professional sports. Absolutely. It is. It's three days in Alabama at, at a hotel in Alabama. You are like, I, I was really lucky. They asked if I wanted to go. We woke up at 5 a.m. We drove down. And man, it was, it was a lot of really like getting thrown to the wolves in a good way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I'm the intern. I'm there. I'm like, however I can help. Yeah. You, you use me as however you want. So yeah. Whether it was kind of just going to the camera, getting some B-roll, mm-hmm. helping to find SIDs. Um, there's actually a great photo I have saved somewhere on my phone. Oh my I gosh, ended up yes. in the background of, of college game day. They had their live show from SEC media days and I'm in the background looking very confused and lost, but, uh, I had someone from home go, Oh my gosh, they screenshotted it and sent it to me on my flip phone at the time. Cause that's where we were. And yes, they were like, Regina, is this you? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's me. Just She's looking made like, it. She's made it. Uh, they're talking to Nick Saban. That's your moment. More yes. It was, it was. Um, but it was a really cool experience and got back to DC, uh, graduated obviously, but didn't have a job. I, uh, real talk went through a very depressive phase after I graduated from the mm-hmm. rejections. Uh, it's, it's hard. Like there is no yeah. joke that, especially when you want to work in sports, like you could be a multimedia journalist. There's a lot of openings and they do some amazing work, but I was just it's, very yeah. focused. It's hard. You know, it is. You know, I was like, I want to be in sports. I had gotten a rejection from someone who was like, we're looking for ESPN quality caliber stuff. And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. 22. I don't know what that means. Right. And so it wore on me. I moved in with, um, I guess my now ex, uh, mm-hmm. we moved up to Jersey. They had gotten a job in New York. So we moved not mm-hmm. far from my hometown. Yeah. But I, I stopped applying for jobs. I spent about two years, a year and a half, really just in a phase of like, I'm not good. It's enough. like you had that defeated sort of, uh, persona. You're like, I don't know if I can go on. Yeah. And, and I don't think I'm alone in that. I don't mm-hmm. think, especially as journalists and people in media, we don't like to talk about how the rejection wears on you. Like you're like, you know, Keep plugging, like the keep plugging ahead. It's true. You really do have to plug ahead. And true. I think there was a story I saw on a LinkedIn article. There's a guy who works for ESPN now. He went through 250 applications before even getting, oh I think, God. a job. And people are like, yeah, that's pretty normal. I'm like, okay, wait a second though. But that's like, the problem. Be. Yeah, it shouldn't right. be like that. Like there's so many talented reporters, producers, writers, um, you know, the technical directors, the directors, like so many talented people, you know, and it's very, but it is very competitive. So I did that. Um, X got a job down here in DC, worked in cybersecurity. I came hey, down here and hold on. Cyber my ex did. Oh, ex I was did. like, hold me. on, Regina's oh, working no. in cybersecurity. Oh no. Oh no. Not, no, no. Like I said, I word for a living. She changed the professions now, not her. <laughs> You know what? We're going to take a little break, a little hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, that. But moved down here. And mm-hmm. then honestly, I think about two months after I moved down here, there was an opening at SiriusXM, which was three blocks from where I lived okay. in DC uh, for a associate producer part-time on College Sports Nation. And I applied for it. And uh, TJ Coutini was the, uh, I think the executive producer at the time of the channel. Um, and he interviewed me and it was a great interview learned a lot and I got really lucky and he gave me my first opportunity and he was great I learned so much from him you know 
having not worked in journalism since they graduated college. It was only about yeah. two years at that point, but you know, it was, it was great. Uh, there's a lot of fellow Terps that worked to SiriusXM, which is fabulous. Um, but it was, he was very like, you know, a great teacher and like, was very good at like when you did something great, especially the first couple of months, like learning how to time the show, make sure you hear your heart out. So the hosts don't get cut off, which I definitely did a couple of times yeah. in my first couple of weeks. It's like you're, but, you're learning as you go, which is like right. a great thing to and be able to, to have a, put yourself in those a, shoes. It is. It's great to have a boss who's also be like, willing to be like, when you do something wrong, not come at you like yes. you did this wrong. Like, Hey, what happened? And you're like, Hey, I lost, I honestly lost like track of the time. Didn't realize I need to start fading out. Forgot to count down, something like that. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, so now you learn for the next time. It's really, you know, X, Y, Z. And that was great to have someone who's willing to be open and honest with you about when you've made mistakes, but not mm-hmm. in a harsh way. Um, I was there for two years at the time. I was also planning a wedding and I was like, I love working here. There just weren't any full-time opportunities at the time. Right. Um, there was an international TV station, DC hiring a sports segment producer. I went in for the interview, found out there might be some on-air opportunities. And I was like, I, that's what I've wanted to do. And, uh, I spent four years there, started as a producer and, um, Amazing. it was, it was the month I started. It was, I remember it was April, 2018. They didn't have what sports had only been about a month. Like this was a from the ground. Like it was me wow. and my coworker Steve and. That was it to begin, you know, like our, my boss was really good at like being kind of guiding us. We ended up building. Wow, so it wasn't that like, many like people involved, not in the sports side, like the station itself, wow, was huge, okay. of course, because it had been on the air for more than five years at that point. Yeah. Um, but for sports, it was new. We, we were, we we're just kind of doing our thing. Steve and I, yeah. um, I like to say we we're like octopuses a lot with so much you know, out yeah. there to do and the two of us, but we did some really cool things and I'm, uh, I, I'm proud of what we did in four years, mainly, um, Honestly, some of the events we covered. Incredible. <laughs> Not a lot of people you know can kind of say that, um, granted, like, even if it was only four years, I mean, you were able to do a lot of cool pieces and go to some very awesome places. So, I mean, just like kind of talk about like what was like the coolest thing that you were able to cover? Oh man. Uh, so when I started out, I was, I, I, I mean, throughout the four years, I was a sports producer. Um, when we split, when we split for the pandemic, yeah. um, we went on to two teams, team A and team B to be able to carry on having shows during mm-hmm. the pandemic. I don't think we ever missed a day on air, which is impressive. Um, like we were in the office, not we were doing stuff from home. Like mm-hmm. we were in the office doing shows. So I went from pr- helping Steve produce every day, um, you know, helping him write video, uh, cut videos, write scripts, um, guest planning, guest booking to, Hey, you're doing all of that in addition to now having a global pandemic where, um, sports are not really a thing at the moment. Right. Um, fine stuff. <sighs> so, you know, we did during the week I was on air, we did shows, uh, two, three, five, seven and eight. Uh, we were in the office about nine to about nine by the time I wrapped up everything, but you know, it was really fun. So, but when I started producing yeah. at first, the caps were in the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, oh, 2018. Gosh. And oh, that was really cool. We sent Steve, um, last minute to Vegas mm-hmm. and they were like, no, no, we want some Vegas and DC coverage because it was the finals and yeah. they're playing the Golden Knights. And Steve went to Vegas and like, Regina, can you do a live shot for us? I'm like, 
uh, <laughs> sure. And rolled out in the street and I had a great field producer. One of our other producers at the station helped me out and we did it. And that was a really, oh my gosh. Coverage. The night, it was the night they won. It was a watch party here in DC for the night they won. They clinched it in Vegas and I got to do the package afterwards on the win. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really, I say, um, a lot, which is bad filler words, but you know, when you're <laughs> thinking about it, that was really cool. We got to cover the city open, which is a ATP 500 tournament here in DC. Mm-hmm. Really fun. You get to see a lot of like the up and coming guys on the ATP and WTA tour, which is awesome. We went to, we covered a little bit of the Nationals World Series run in 2019, which was a lot of fun, especially as a baseball person. The Nats are not my team, <laughs> but covering an all-star game. We also covered the all-star game, which is here in DC too. Doing that and then doing some World Series coverage was, it was really fun. You know, be, I was, awesome. it was the last time Bryce Harper was here in a DC uniform. Where the Phillies signed him away, won the home run derby. Is it? Oh. <laughs> is it oh. <laughs> You're like rehashing some memories right there. <laughs> Are we bringing up some trauma, Kate? Is there a little little trauma here? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sure he's he's missed. He's missed over there in that red oh. uniform. <laughs> <laughs> uh, missed is a strong word. Every time I go to a Phillies Nats game, they boo him a lot. So there's no love. I mean, the way he did leave though was very, uh, was it was not as good as it, yeah, that could have been. No, it was, it was a little traumatic, I think, for yes. fans. <laughs> and also Bryce Harper, for the side note, is younger than me. I'm like, you make more money than I will ever see it's in my crazy. life. It's crazy. It's wild, but you know, we got to do that. Uh, the Laureus Sports Awards are these global sports awards that honor the best mm. sportsmen, sportswomen, team of the year. Yeah. But a lot of their athletes, their academy members and their ambassadors also give back to the communities. So, for example, Tony Hawk is one of their ambassadors oh. um, and academy members. Um, Nadi Komanechi, she's a gymnast, mm-hmm. very famous gymnast from the Cold War era of gymnastics. Uh, and we got to cover those. So that meant in 2019, we went to Monaco for work. I had Amazing. never produced an international event before. My phone didn't work in Monaco, so I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, my um, God. The first time I had ever, it was just me, Steve, and our photog, Nick. And, I mean, it was a great experience. We had, Steve got to sit down with Tony Hawk, who's a really nice guy. Aww. Got to sit down with uh, Missy Franklin, who is also a fabulous person. One of the sweetest human beings I could ever possibly meet. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, you know, we got to be at the red carpet event, which was, that was, uh, if you're a, um, a fan of James Marsden, like I am seeing him in person. I was like, oh my gosh. But we got to do that. In I liked him in 27 dresses. He was great in 27 dresses. And he, he was in a, a, a tux and, sh- and sneakers because they did oh a whole sneakers for good events. So that was fun. Um, and then we, the following year it was in Berlin, which was equally as cool. And that year I got to do a little more. I got to do some interviews. I got to interview Maya Gaviera, who's a uh, surfer, Brazilian surfer. She's, she almost lost her life surfing and getting to talk to her about that experience and how she oh came back gosh. to the sport. And I got to interview Nariko Manechi and that was as a gymnast, it was a cool moment for me. That's amazing. Ask her what it was like competing in an age, you know, behind the Soviet bloc and everything like that. Um, and Jill Ellis was in attendance and I got to ask her a few questions, you know, 2019. Wow. U.S. women's soccer. Incredible. You just like America. made the rounds out here talking to. So many in, in, 
like powerful figures and sports. It must it have was, been pretty uh it must have been pretty amazing to just be able to do that. Were you ever like freaked out? Like Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I you know, especially since you know Steve is our, our main anchor correspondent mm-hmm. and as a producer it was really great because like I got to watch him do these great interviews and he's he's a great interviewer, great co host, uh great um I should say uh anchor, great mm-hmm. coworker. Uh and you know, the stuff we like I said, the stuff we did in four years is really really great. But I knew I wanted to be on there too. I loved producing. Yeah. It's a great skill to have. But at the yeah. end of the day, I, I wanted to be the reporter and anchor because I like telling stories. I like being able to, like, sports is great. The headline, you know, stories are great. Castellanos, four, 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 four run homer to the left field, you know, whatever. That's great. However, there's so many athletes that have these incredible stories to tell that aren't just what they do. You know, these are people yes. who have backgrounds and families and have overcome trials and tribulations or, you know, have it reach these incredible achievements. And that's what I love. That's what I want. That's where I, I think I want to go eventually. Like, I love the idea of being a sideline reporter as much as the next person, getting, especially, you know, uh, yeah. wink, wink, judge, big 10 network. If you need a Maryland reporter, I got you. Um, but, you know, that's what I love. And so, over the past couple of years, I've really realized that's where I want to be. Okay. So I really took my time during the pandemic to make a case at my old job for being mm-hmm. able to do that, being wow. able to conduct interviews and being able that I could anchor because I was doing five shows, four or five shows a day, 20 to 24 shows a week-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, my voice sounds like it does now where it's burnt out, but I loved it. I, yeah. I you know, one of the hard parts I will say is during the pandemic was a challenge there you i'm sure you remember as much as i do kate the the day sports shut down here in the united states it's and unreal i mean we still are kind of grappling with all of that right now but it's like yeah that was a rough moment in time i remember steve and i you're gonna hit me with you know the exact day that the world went bleak i do (laughs) Uh, I remember the night, the, I remember the night before Rudy Gobert decided to. Oh my gosh. Yes. Touch all of the microphones and be a germy little human for a moment. <laughs> and that's really, and then remember, you that know, was like the, what started the, it all. Right. And the NBA was like, Hey, we have an, a COVID outbreak. Everybody needs to leave. And then they suspended the season. And then the next day, Steve and I were at work. We're mm-hmm. writing some scripts. I think it was right. March. So we're working on a little bit of. Um, the Continental Hockey League, which is um, European Hockey League. Mm-hmm. And we were working on some games for that, planning for uh, – we just come back from Glorious the month before, so we were doing a little, you know, recap with some of the interviews we wanted to run, maybe think about how to incorporate them for later in the year to use. Mm-hmm. And Twitter went off first. No ESPN had it, but Twitter went off first. My phone's going off. And it's like, oh, MLB is considering shutting down the season. Oh, well, the NFL draft might be canceled and all mm-hmm. these other things. And it was, you know, us being sports fans and people who work in sports, watching that happen it was, was so surreal. Sad. Oh, God. It didn't even seem real. It didn't because to us, we're like, okay, you know, when we were in, we had been Berlin prior for the awards and, yeah, you know, they had talked about like, oh, you know, like certain athletes can't be here. And like they were suggesting kind of starting to wear masks. We traveled. There was like, no big deal. And right. Then, Everyone was like thinking nothing of it. 
no. Then, we were like, what's COVID? And then like a week later, we we're like, okay, we've got to wear masks. And then some right. people were like, let's, let's wash our groceries. That was a little right. extreme. That, I mean, what, <laughs> to be fair, so, I will side note, you should wash groceries sometimes because there is dirt in them, not because of COVID, just because of the dirt. Right. Um, I'm, I'm just but, talking about like on the outside. Oh yeah. They're like, <laughs> why sell your bags? And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, you know, the boxes, they're like, yeah, we're going to get germs <laughs> on, on the cardboard. <laughs> but it was, we, we watched it. Ha- oh my, I was, but we were watching it happen in real time and we both looked at each other going, what do we do? Yeah. And you know, then we ended up splitting up into our A week and B week rotation. Steve anchored A week. And since thankfully there were two of us, I, I got B week and, um, it was to say it was rough at first was an understatement. It was great because, you know, uh, we, through our partnership with MLS, we had some, you know, great MLS goals from 2020, 2021, because season had, season was only about two or three weeks in at that point. So we had some great, like, uh, evergreen footage to use from season before, mm-hmm. uh, some great interviews from the Laureus Awards, which is great to have when you're just like, I don't know what we're going to do for five shows a day. Oh my God. Uh, I did a lot. I started I using, imagine. oh boy, I started using my Twitter, my professional Twitter account, well, my only Twitter account and my professional Instagram account to, I was like, Post dang, questions. you are, you are so busy. You have I, so many I, accounts. I how do, do you, I do. How do you like keep track of them all? Magic some days. Magic and a lot of iced magic. coffee. And a lot of iced coffee. That's the magic. <laughs> but I See, would be like, post yeah. a poll. I'd be like, hey, um, who, you know, in a one-on-one basketball game or no, in a three-point contest, who do you want to see win? Kobe, it was like Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. or Michael Jordan. And that was sometimes some of the stuff we'd end our show with because you don't have highlights. <laughs> right. It's like you just got to make something up in a way. Yeah. You got to have like have some content to provide to your viewers. It's like I don't oh, want to yeah. like end with nothing. Right. Another one was uh, a lot of we did a lot of this day in sports history, which you know what? I learned as even as a sports that is fan, so you don't interesting. know everything. Yes. You don't know everything. It's so every day. Got to share a fun little fact, you know, that I like that you mentioned that because you're right. We don't know everything. I was literally last week, I was teaching myself Photoshop. (laughs) Yeah. That is, that's a different world. It's It's hard. Teach yourself new skills. It's like, you got to like put yourself into these different, like you do, you have to just try and it's, it's very hard. It is. And you know, so taught, it's a lot of that. And then overseas mm-hmm. sports kind of started to come back. Um, Australian, Australian soccer. So we did a lot of that. Um, yeah. Korean baseball. We did a lot of Korean baseball, which for me, I love baseball. Is so, it different in the, in no. Korea? No. Uh, they're, they're, so they're play. So it's called the KBO. They're like okay. playoff series is a little different than how ours is structured where it's like, you okay. know, we have the world series, the NLCS, NLDS. It's structured a little differently, right. but the game's the same, you know. Diamond, yeah, you, you know, your center fielders, your, your right. shortstops. They have cheerleaders, which is kind of cool. Like oh. fans aren't really allowed in the stands, but they have the mascots and cheerleaders. It, it was interesting. Um, but Asian sports. You think sports they really could like incorporate back. that here in the States? You know, <laughs> yes I mean, and who no. Knows? <laughs> we, baseball needs some help because A, the whole, if, I don't know if you follow the CBA agreement debates mm-hmm. with the lockout but dear yeah, god we, we do not know oh no 
But that was insane. It's insane. Nah. It makes you it makes you want to rip your hair out. Um Oh straight but, up. Oh my like, gosh. Which would mean a lot of America would be bald, but that's okay. <laughs> um, oh my god, yeah, let me get let me get my hair fixed. Right? Let's let's just like make sure we have some left. Whoa. It, it was but yeah, it was it was it was really fun. I you know, when we just got back to the office last July from the pandemic. Yeah. So I transitioned back into more of a producer role, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, I still got to, you know, fill in when Steve was out and I got to actually sit down with my bosses and be like, look, I had a whole PowerPoint presentation too. I was like, I have proved that I can do this job. I can be a, yeah. I can be a reporter in addition to still doing my producer job. Heck yeah. Um, I got an official title change in okay. September and then I got to spend almost I'm going to say more than six months because my math is always going to be off getting to do that, getting to fill in on other shows. Um, yeah. So it was, I love the journey I've been on and it, it's been really fun. And especially since, you know, as women in, in sports television, it mm-hmm. cannot always be the easiest industry. Like you want to that talk about true. something that's really tricky, not even aside from just like being in sports and the fact that it's very cutthroat. You have very strange hours. You know, right. you're expected to know, you're expected to know everything about everything. I'm sure you and I have encountered right. in our lives. You're like, it's, oh, you're a sports fan. Name the 1984 Bears. Right. Like, we're not going to know and you're everything. Like, I don't know who this is. Right. Yeah. We do um, our homework on the, the games that we cover, the people that we cover. It's like, we're not going to know every single stat ever. Right. <laughs> and I think that's part of the thing is people, forget that but honestly True. one of the biggest things I had to cope with yeah in, a, in my personal sense was um the idea that women in like we I feel like a lot of women when we first start out and maybe this is just hmm. me and it could just be me is the need to prove ourselves that we can yes. be just as capable as like our male colleagues I and agree. that mm-hmm. you know it's like you basically you know, have to try 10 times harder to even get like approval in a way from your other peers to just get any sort of confidence to actually do the work, which kind of sucks. It really does, especially since, you know, it's one of those things where like, for example, tennis is not my, my sport. I, I mm-hmm. can, I can research. I can, I can learn it, but like, I'm gonna, you want to talk baseball? I got you. You want to talk football or hockey? I got you. You want to talk even surfing to a degree? I got you. I like that. But like, there, there, I think we all need to admit sometimes that like, there are sports we're just not familiar with. Like, right. Like, like, some, like that's how I, it is I, sometimes. Yeah. I covered the city open, uh, and did some mm-hmm. live shots. I, of course I did my research. Of course I, I, right. I, made some bullet points on my phone just so like if there was a name that was particularly tricky to say mm-hmm. or just some like a, a specific number statistic I wanted to talk about but it really we put so much pressure on ourselves that we have to be perfect because like for example say Aaron Rodgers makes a stunning decision and decides to sign with oh I don't know the the New York Giants he goes you know what, Packers bye like I know I just signed a deal but I changed my mind you right know, people would be People would be throwing up stats right and left. Say, oh, I know. I also tweeted out something, you know, like he signed a 
four million thirty uh, four year thirty two million dollar deal. I just mm-hmm. had a number wrong or I had mm-hmm. the deal wrong just because quick glance maybe need to make a correction. And you and I both know Twitter does not right. have an edit button. Oh yeah, as much as we wish it did. Right. I the, I think sometimes, and I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter, the disparity between if a, like if a male correspondent reporter like he'll say something wrong people like yo dude it's not actually that here's what it should be oh my gosh yes versus women it's it seems to be a lot more aggressive and hostile yeah it seems like if a woman like makes one mistake they're gonna let you know that you're wrong but if it's a man they're like okay like you get a pass right i i think it's i mean obviously like there will be those people who correct them but i think there's that disparity still and a lot of it too will be um, like some of my favorite, favorite reporters, you know, Laura Oakman's one of my favorites, Joy Taylor. Love her. Fabulous. Yes. She's great. Holly Rowe, you know, Doris Burke, like all these wonderful women. All and stars. Like absolute rock stars have pa- Pam Oliver. I always wanted to be Pam Oliver when I grew up. I used to watch her at NFL on Fox on Sundays. Oh like, my gosh. Yes. She was, I would sit and watch her and go, I want to be you, please. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, you see a lot of these women who are great storytellers, great reporters, great right. studio hosts. But when something they say something on Twitter that might be an unpopular take, what hmm. what is the first thing that people attack them for after the take? Like they'll attack them for being. It's like, always that they're a, a woman or a woman. Yeah. Boom. Or it's they're crazy. Appearing. I'm like, what? What if like a guy tweeted that, and or, right. or something else? It's like okay. You know, that's, I think that's the thing too, is there's a double standard, you know, True. sex sells in television. Everybody knows it. We're not, we're not blind to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of attacks on women I've noticed just from scrolling on Twitter, if I read a take, I'm like, you know what? I don't disagree with that. Like <laughs> I would say I disagree. Here's why you see a lot of people, yeah. the armchair, the armchair quarterbacks, if you will, who will, uh, tweet yeah. something like, I disagree with your take. I don't like it. That um, reminds me of, um, I think Katie Nolan did like a little like segment on it. You know what I'm talking about? Where she, yes, oh, were she's like, great. <laughs> they were coming out or saying that they could run a four, four or something like faster. And then she was like, okay, then do it. <laughs> right. Or, oh man, they had a great section. It's her and Maria Taylor when they were both at ESPN. They had a whole section about, um, it's like the sisterhood of sports and they're like, how can we piss off men today? <laughs> like the, it was like a sketch. But it was so good and so funny because they're talking about how like men in sports need to get so agitated when they say something wrong or they tweet something or, you know, they have a take. Um, Mina Kimes comes to mind. She tweeted something out about Jimmy oh, Garoppolo. Yes. And I'm sure you remember just as much as I do. Yeah. The, uh, the vitriol that came for her wasn't so much like people didn't like her take. But they also started insulting just who she was as a person. I know. Like, it's just okay. like so out of, out of place. Especially considering, yeah, that's great. Go ahead. You want to, yeah, you want to be that person, be that person. But you know, you can disagree with her. That's okay. We all right. do not like everyone's got their sports. own opinions. We're not all like wanting to have the same insight into everything. It's just like, okay, we got to get different perspectives, different different like sort of interest into whatever so it's good it's good to kind of like hear different takes but yeah yeah and i think that's one of the things 
a lot of women as well. And I mean, local, national, you name it. Like there's, yeah, I'm sure there are local reporters who will have, who could have tales about being in sports, like the social media vitriol that they can receive. I mean, I, I remember the first time a segment of mine I ever did got posted online. Um, mm-hmm. I had done a high, I was doing a couple of highlights and I was really excited. I was like, oh my gosh. It was like one of the first times I had filled in for Steve at the time mm-hmm. at my uh, old job and super excited. Oh I was like, gosh. I thought I did really well. This is, you know, even if I didn't do great, I've learned. The yeah. first comment was some anonymous online troll going, Hey, I bet the only place she's ever run to is a refrigerator. No. Why are yeah. people like this? Because people are awful. Jeez. Uh, or why do they always like gotta like that is like their best comeback or something? I'm like, no. why? why do you like no. come for like why don't you come for my work and not who I am? Right. Like, okay. Like thanks. I I you know, and one time That's some so I low. it sucks. Um and you know, that's something you, you gotta develop real tough skin for. True. Um, is, that's what, yeah, that's what I've noticed too, is just being more kind of aware, but also like don't let it affect yeah. your overall judgment. Oh, absolutely. Like they're especially, and I mean, this is women in news, not just specific women in sports, right. women in media, the, the overall, big umbrella. It's a huge a, plethora right. of people. Right. You're going to have a lot of commentary about your looks. Like you could, right. you could butch, you know, I, I will be the first to tell you the first time I ever said Giannis Antetokounmpo's name, I butchered it like nobody's business. The red light came on. I've been saying it in my head, whispering it to myself. I don't know what I said. I think I, I don't even know what I it's said. It's so I hard. Like, oh yeah. I don't gosh. blame you. Someone, so obviously people in the comments would come for me for that. And I was like, look, I mispronounced it. It happens. But then they go, you know, what else do you expect from a fatty? And I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? Oh my gosh. And you know, but like I, the, when I first started reading those, you know, they always tell you don't read the comments. And after a while, I just stopped mainly yeah. because I, I didn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's really tough, especially for a lot of younger journalists who are just getting into the field. It is really hard sometimes to tune off that criticism granted there are people you don't know and will likely that, never that meet in really public hard. yeah but it is hard because you're like you know things for example like i had a coworker that used to like that someone come came for her knees one time they're like she's really ugly knees you should do something about it. she's like what am i doing what am oh i doing oh my gosh knees? these people are ruthless online trolls are it's a thing and you know it's it's, it's very awful. hard to overcome and i i'll admit there were nights i, I would cry about it and be like I wish I was, you know, mm-hmm. I could do something to change it. But at the end of the day, yeah. you're still watching, aren't you? Right. You're giving me clicks. So giving me something. Yeah. So yeah, I've, that's it's, hard. It's been quite a six years. Let me tell you there. <laughs> I know you, I've talked you've a been lot. through the highs and the lows and here you are still standing and still just amazing as ever. Oh, and you. you know what? That's what we need out here. More women in sports just, you know, being being more real and honest with what's in this industry because it, it's not easy. And having more supportive women out there is what we need. Um, just, it's, 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 it's difficult. And it, it's, it's great to see, especially, you know, on Twitter, 
a lot of women are so are very supportive of each other in mm-hmm. sports, whether you're not even just in front of the camera personalities, but women behind the scenes, women who work in marketing or social media or who work for like specific teams, organizations and leagues. Mm-hmm. Everybody really the, the explosion of women in sports has been wonderful because I know growing yes. up it was few and far between. I remember Pam Oliver being one of the only, cause we didn't have cable, so Nevius Pian, mm-hmm. the only women and next to Laura in primetime television covering a major sports league. Bonnie Bernstein, who oh. also is a Turpin, also, she's also a Jersey girl. Uh, oh my God, love it. It's fabulous. She actually grew up in my home county as well. Um, I guess. Wait, Kansas do you guys Canada. know each other? We do not. Uh, well, sort of. Oh, um, maybe we'll make that happen. Oh my God. In the galvanized boot camps. I actually, um, got picked to interview her. I got matched up. Oh, with you her. Inter- Oh, sweet. I did. So it was great to, to chat with her and really get her experience about, you know, what, it, what her career was like, but also getting to know her as a person. She used to compete at Maryland in gymnastics. Um, so wow, what are the odds right here? I know it was, it was, Laura did some good work, some good investigative she, she work. She really there. did. Yes. Like those are the wow. women I got to see growing up. And that's great, you know, and now younger girls who like sports or w- girls in college, women in college, mm-hmm. even women in the beginning of our careers, you know, mid twenties, like early, yeah. uh, early twenties, we have so many more women in all varieties of sports right? To see who are like, um, you know, the National Women's Soccer League has exploded in terms of viewership. The WNBA has exploded in terms of viewership. You know, leagues that prove that women's sports are just as desirable, just as interesting, if not more interesting and entertaining. Um, oh, the USM yes. national team, for example, for soccer, our men's team are there. Um, but you know, like there's, it's great to see so many more role models for like younger girls. I remember I used to work at a dance studio, it was one of my little part-time jobs and I lived in New Jersey. And one of the girls was like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Cause you know, these are like five years old. Oh my old. God. I love them. And, this. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm still growing up was my first answer, which we are. I think until we hit 50. Right, we're we're always up. growing. Right. Right. And I was like, Oh, I want to be a sports reporter and I want to work in sports. She goes, Oh, my mom watches a lot of women on the TV and sports. She was, so she was at eight. She was a little more aware, Aww. but she was like, that's really cool. She's like, and then, you know, one point she's like, I, w- I want to be like you. And it was just so cute. Oh my gosh. And what a wholesome moment. This is even before I gotten really into sports, but like, wow. you know, hearing and seeing, especially on social media, all these women and girls getting into sports and I having these great role models is just, it's so great to see. Like my role model is my grandfather who got me into sports. But, oh my gosh. I and now my that. grandmother stays up. My grandmother will stay up and watch Philly's games at Two o'clock in the morning when they're playing the Dodgers out in the West Coast because that's what she does. That is, so sweet. <laughs> that is like, I love that. I, I, my, my grandfather was my, uh, role model for like getting into sports reporting and all that. I love that. I love it's that. It's like, ah, oh, you can't, you can't write a better story than that, right? <laughs> like never. Like they, they believe in you when you didn't think you could believe in yourself. Yeah. And it's just, it's great. And, you know, I, I'm very lucky. I've had such a great supportive network of friends, Mm -hmm. of coworkers, of my family to really pursue my, my, my goals and my ambitions. And it's great to see that a lot of 
a lot of other women have the same sort of support network and it's great. And I think, you know, that's where the, I think where the future is going. It's great to have ex athletes comment, comment on games. It's great to have ex, you know, coaches become analysts and that's great because honestly, yeah. I never played football. But you know what? Women like Nina Kimes are proving you don't need to play the game to understand it even better than some right. other guys. Right. You just gotta and it's fabulous. do your homework. Right. And it's fabulous. And I love that that's where things are trending and they, they will always be my role models. I will still look up to them because I'm still growing Heck up. Yes. <laughs> that's what we need out here. Absolutely. And sort of just like diving, diving like into all that and like, all the, the people starting out, what is like one piece of advice you would give like younger Regina going through the whole process of figuring yourself out? I mean, you, I mean we all are, but like, <laughs> like when you graduated college, what would you tell yourself like going, going through it all? Cause I know you, you I- said like you went through some dark moments. Yeah, I would definitely say to myself, and honestly, it still applies now is you can't let the rejection get you down. Someone somewhere will value your skill set. Someone somewhere will find your skills exactly the right fit. And that's something I just let get, you know, being told the rejection after the rejection after the rejection, like knowing getting into journalism was going to be hard, especially getting into being a sports reporter when you know, especially when you get, you, you're going to start in a small market. If you work in television, you're not going to start in New York. You're going to start right in Some Lake Charles, Louisiana yeah. or, or, you know, Alpena, Michigan, you're going to start somewhere small right. and to not let that discourage you. And I guess I'd, I'd have, I have a lot of things. I'll give you three. So one, don't get discouraged. I love I tell myself two is it's okay to fail. It's okay to be criticized. Mm-hmm. The right boss, the right news director, the right EP, hopefully, um, and I got lucky with this, will offer you, like, be like, hey, this wasn't right, but not say it in a way that makes you feel like you're the worst. They'll say, right. this wasn't right. It's like constructive criticism yeah. that actually is helpful. And you have to be okay that it's not an attack on you personally. Right. And that is something I even struggle with now. I take, you know, if someone was like, Hey, if I got an email like, Hey, that segment was really bad. We really didn't like any stories you picked. Trying not to take it personally and just mm-hmm. kind of like water off a duck's back. Just let it roll off. And the third thing is honestly have fun, especially if you're, uh, for, you know, being someone in sports, I get to have a job that most people envy. I get to have a job that most people wish they could have. And to remember it's still fun and yeah. that it should be fun and that, you know, you're going to find your niche. Maybe yes. you're not, maybe you think you want to be on air, but then you really find out that like long form production or working in the technical side is really where you shine and you really enjoy it. Don't be afraid to pursue that because it's not the on camera role. Yeah. It's not the on air talent. It is still something you enjoy. And that that's really important is not to focus so much on the, the recognition and getting your name out there, but loving what you do. And oh. I love what I do, even though I'm, um, in between, I'm, I'm transitioning into whatever the next step is going to be. To still remember, I want to love what I do every day, and wow. that's really yes. important because at the end of the yes, some people are like yeah, it's a job, but like 
Don't you want to love your job? Yes. I do. That's how you end a podcast. You just gotta, <laughs> you gotta roll with it and have fun. Because at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying what you do, then you gotta reevaluate and you gotta yeah. figure it out. You gotta, like you said, you gotta dabble in these other different specialties and then you'll eventually find your niche. I yeah, absolutely that word, but yes. Uh, you know what? Hey, I have Ante de Cupo, you have niche, you know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> these things happen. It's like Good those Lord. words that like you hear so many different times and you're like, okay. There was, yeah. there, it's like, uh, pecans and then pecans. That yeah, sort of, nope. No, I, I, just, I was calling that. <laughs> or like, <laughs> it's always like a tough thing. It's like, okay, we're going to get like slandered, um, for how we say it. Right. And that, that's part of the whole, you know, I would say, okay, I add a fourth thing. In addition to what, oh, you, yes. have, what you do, but like, you have to have tough skin. It is, it is hard because you'll have days you'll do stories or you'll have a segment or you'll have a social, and whatever you're doing as a mm-hmm. reporter or even as a producer or anything you do, it, you're going to have days where people aren't, just aren't going to be happy with what you're putting out there right. and not to take it, especially in the age of social media where things are posted everywhere, not to take it personally when these people come to you, they don't know you. Mm-hmm. They're just going off of one instance. They don't know your breadth of work. They don't know your character, your personality. And at the end of the day, you know, you know who you are as a person, as a professional, and they don't matter. That is, that is amazing. (laughs) So many like amazing points, motivating, inspiring words of wisdom (laughs) to, to finish this off and just cap off the episode. Thank you again, Regina, for taking time to discuss your journey (laughs) and sort of everything in between because I learned so much and hopefully someone listening is taken away just as much as I learned. It's been a pleasure. I'm sure hopefully one day I get to, uh, I get to interview you about your exciting career and that would be amazing and oh my god yes we we are making that happen (laughs) (laughs) you see we're out here we're trying to make things happen i'm in the transition to honestly find myself a full-time role it's very difficult but you know what yes we're gonna keep trudging along and like you said you just can't you just can't let yourself get down over a rejection and nope that is the biggest takeaway that honestly anyone can utilize. So thank you. And ah, <laughs> this has been such a delight. Oh my gosh. To everyone that took time out of their day to listen to this episode. Thank you. If you would like to be a guest on the rookie contract, there is a link down below to fill out a Google form. And once that is filled out, arrangements will be made and we'll get you on the podcast. As always, if you haven't already, follow the Ricky Contract on whatever platform you listen to this. Whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you name it. You know, so you don't miss an episode. Thanks again and we hope to share some more rookie stories.